This is the University Seventh-day Adventist Church in the sunny Orlando, Florida. We are glad that you are listening to our weekly podcast. Our prayer is that you will be blessed and challenged by our message today. And may God lead you in the next step of your growth in Him. Here is our future sermon. And so this, this theme of, of light... Um, you do know that Matthew and Luke are the ones who go into details about uh, the birth of Christ. And we'll get into it a little bit more this evening and as, as we present again the meaning of, of Jesus coming to, to be one of us and, and God becoming uh, one of us to dwell among men. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit more. But this morning I figure that I will have more mature Christians out here and so... I wanted to maybe take the, the, the perspective of, of look at how John presents this idea of, of a baby of Christ becoming one of us, of, of God becoming one of us. A lot of us will think, a lot of people will say, well, he didn't touch on that. But the reality is that John presents uh, the Christmas story in a very unique way. He goes even way before the Christmas time. He goes way before 2,000 years ago, and he presents this theme, which to him is the essence of Christ becoming one of us. And this is a theme between uh, the fight or the struggle between light and what? And darkness, right? So come with me to the gospel according to John, and let's read the first few verses, and we'll, we'll jump around a little bit in the book of John and, and, and draw some conclusions for us, some applications for our lives today. Of course, as mature Christians, uh, we know that people celebrate the birth of Christ, and we know that the importance is not really the day itself, but the reality that it represents, that it represents that God, uh, the God who created it all, the God of the universe, the God who saw humanity being lost and without hope and in darkness, this God sent the only way, the only lifeline for us, which was his son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is how John presents it. He goes back again. He, he not only goes back 2,000 years ago, he goes back to the beginning, right? This is what he says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was whom? God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Listen to this. John begins this, and he's alluding to whom? To Christ, right? I mean, this is how every gospel, the gospel of Matthew, the gospel of, of Luke, begin with, with Christ becoming one of us. But he goes and he highlights John, who, by the way, is the one who writes a gospel to those who do, have not seen Christ in person. Okay? So John writes specifically in mind for those, he's thinking of those who will never have seen Christ, of his disciples face to face. They will only take the word of those who've seen, who've experienced it. And so he goes back to where, where things begin. He not only talks about Christ becoming one of them, but he says, becoming one of us. But he says, in the beginning, I want you to know that Christ, that Jesus, the one that we've been preaching about, the one that became and, 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 and grew and, and sacrificed his life for us, he was here even from the beginning of it all, he says, to the point that all things were created through him, and he says, apart from him, nothing that you see has come to be. So John exalts Christ 
Season really means for us followers of Jesus Christ because of the world, and we get caught up on those things. He takes us back and he said, Listen, we're talking about not only a little baby, we're talking about the creator, the creator of it all, the God, the one who is our source, and that you owe everything that you are about today. And the world owes everything to Christ, amen. And he makes that point, and then he says, But the reality is that he says, In him was life. And then the light, and, and the life of him was what? The light of this world. And then he says that light shines in what? In the darkness. So John brings us to faces right there that listen, he is all that I'm telling you about, but you got to bring us back to reality, which is hey, I know that we live in darkness. I don't know, I don't know if, if, you, if you ever felt, but, but if, if you've been looking around, I mean, if you've been listening to the news, And listening to what's going on in our world, uh, we can relate to this. The darkness that prevails in our world is no different than the darkness that prevailed in the time when Jesus came. Because what John introduces to is that what Jesus becomes is the beacon of light and he becomes the epitome of light, the epitome of God becoming one of us. And he is the one who the light sends to the darkness so that we may experience true light. And without Christ, he says, he's beginning to tell us that we know that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness, what? Did not comprehend it. So Jesus is the light of this world, amen? And by the way, I don't know about you, but we experience darkness in our life every day. And if you live in this world, if you're experiencing the things that we experience, humanity, you'll see that there are many forms of darkness in our lives. Sometimes it is darkness because we don't see how things are going to get better for us, for our family, for our children. Sometimes there's darkness because there are situations that we're going through that we basically, we realize I have no control over this. And so we get in this darkness mood, in this depression, in this sense of, 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 of being at lost. And we begin to uh, experience this in our own lives for many different reasons. Some of us are experiencing relationship darkness at this time. Relationships that we thought were going to be there forever, right? And we were going to do life for life forever, 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 and, and, and get married, have children, and just enjoy life. Those relationships are not there anymore, and so we feel rejected, and we feel a little bit dark, 
And especially these holidays when the family come together and we celebrate, sometimes people find themselves alone and they realize that they feel in darkness. Things are not as bright as they experience once in their lives. And the reality is, folks, that John reminds us that there is this battle going on between darkness and light in our own lives today. Listen, this is happening in a real sense in our lives and in your life. I know, I know. I experience, I share with people through the week and through the months, and I know that there are real darkness that we are battling against. Evidences that this world is a realm of darkness. And that the only light, the true light that this world ever experienced, the only true light that this world ever experienced was in that moment when the Son of God, he says, in him was life and the life was the what? The light of the world. I, I don't care what you think the solution for your problems is or what you think. Maybe you're doing a little better. But if you don't know Christ in this real and personal way, if your hope is not cipher, is not centered in the relationship and knowing this personal Savior, I tell you, your light, your betterment or whatever you're experiencing right now is not going to last long because the only true light, the only hope that this world has is the Bible recognizes and John reminds us in him was life and his this life was the light of men. There's nothing else that will take us to a brighter place in our lives but Jesus Christ. And if we experience, if we know Christ in this way, then his light shines in the darkness. And the truth is, it says darkness did not comprehend. I don't know if it's ever happened to you that sometimes we just don't understand the workings of God in our lives. <laughs> right? And we know John is speaking about that the ministry of Jesus was one that was misunderstood. And even his own followers, I don't know if you remember, I mean, even to the end, when uh, Jesus had been crucified and he's been fulfilled every single promise, every single promise, every single prophecy, the, his disciples did not get it yet. You, you, you think you feel bad because sometimes it takes you a little bit to get in, in, in strive with God. And sometimes you, you get off track with God. But listen, the disciples were for three years spending every moment of their lives with him. And yet when he dies, they all panic and they all go into hiding and they have no clue what's going to happen next. Really. You and I thought and we, we talked about they were there praying for guidance and I know they were praying for guidance but the reality is that they were praying that they were there with the door locked and hiding because they were all afraid I mean that's the honest truth of course when they're afraid when we're in trouble when we lost then we begin what praying to God right they weren't there to pray they were there because they were afraid of their lives and they did not get it yet. I mean, the light of the world was with them. And the disciples have not gotten the light yet. And, and they did not comprehend them. Now, how about those around him? I mean, he was misunderstood at every step of his, of, of his ministry. Darkness did not comprehend him. And so you wonder, why is it sometimes that sometimes in our own lives, we just don't comprehend or we don't understand what God is trying to do sometimes? Because sometimes the darkness in our hearts, in our own lives, in our own homes, in our path, gets in the way of us comprehending what God is up to in our own lives. Then John says, um, there came a man sent from God whose name was what? John. 
and came as a witness to testify about whom? About the light. So that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about what? About the light. There was, there was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, not of the will of flesh, not of the will of men, but of whom? Of God. Listen, and I want to apply this a little different this morning. Because I know it's talking about Jesus and his reality, and we know that, right? I mean, we, as we read this, we can recount the experience that Jesus uh, uh, went through in his ministry. And we know that they just did not get it. And, 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 and it says that even though he shed light everywhere, he was enlightening the world for every man. The world, uh, the world did not know him. To the point that they crucified him and they didn't even know that they were crucified in the light. The hope of the world, the world rejected it and put him on the cross and killed him. And so that part that says he came to his own and those who were his own did not receive him. I wonder if you ever experienced in his life, I don't know, maybe you're experiencing that today. Perhaps we could find ourselves joining those who reject the light of Christ even today. Because we've been experiencing this year, we've been, been led, we've been opening our hearts to God, and God has been trying to lead us to a path. He's been trying to lead us to a stage in our lives where he begins to re- we begin to reap the benefits of the Holy Spirit dwelling in our hearts, and our life becoming more and more in tune with his will in every area of our lives. But little by little, we drift back to what we know best, and we drift back to our natural self our selfish nature which by the way it's our greatest evil right our selfishness our self-centeredness and then little by little we reject Christ and his will for us and we do not receive him in the way that he wants to be received so I ask you this morning perhaps you have found yourself perhaps you find yourself today at a crossroads in your life where you know that you need to receive Christ in a deeper In a serious way, more than you ever did before. And by the way, John clarifies and he says this. He says that um, those who receive them, to them he gave the right to become children of God, God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, or the will of men, but of whom? Of God. So, if you and I experience in our daily lives, and we could be honest at this point, right? I mean, I don't know where you are, but um, th- think of those moments that you know that we've rejected God's guidance in our lives, that we've gone a different route this year. And so God has given us a call this, as we wrap up this year to remind us that the changes and this uh, reality of us becoming more and more a real sense of who God is and, and, and that our lives become more and more what God wants, it needs to happen not because of our own will. I don't know if you got that there, but it said, as many receiving to them give the right to become children of God, even to those who become his name, who were born not of blood, right? Not of the will of the flesh. In other words, this is not something that you and I could do of, on our own. But he says it happens because of God. 
And later on, John chapter 3, and we, we could, you, he explains this to us because he's talking about the new birth experience, right? What John means, and he gives us the, the, the example of, of, of Nicodemus, remember that? The new birth. What John is talking about here is that in order for you and I to really begin to experience God to the fullest, to begin to experience the true light to its maximum capacity in our life, that your life becomes just a bright shining light to those around you and you become part of God's will to spread the light and spread hope and faith and love around you. For, in order for that to happen, the only way that could happen is not if you will it, if, if, if not, it's not if, if you read more or if you do certain things more. It's if God actually, if you allow God to take hold of your heart, of your mind, and you actually allow God to give you a new birth experience through whom? Through the Holy Spirit. Chapter 3 of John. And so my prayer to you as we think of, of our families, and, and, and I'm going to, let me come with me to chapter 9 of the book of John. Because Jesus says this. I'll actually begin a little bit in chapter 8. Chapter 8, verses 12. And by the way, this, the book of John, and if you don't, I think you know this by now. The book of John and Revelation, the New Testament, and the whole Bible really is full of this theme of light versus darkness, Right? I mean, this is no news to you. This is what we Adventists have called also the great controversy, right? That Sister White and her writing, she speaks about the great controversy. This is what, what it's at the center of what's going on in our lives, in your life. Which means, and, and, and this is, and let's face it, folks. Right now, you either live in darkness or you live in light. There's no halfway living, if you know what I mean. Because later on in, in, in the same, in the same uh, uh, New Testament, Paul explains that darkness and light cannot live together, right? And so you either experience it, and there's, no, there's never middle ground. You either experience in light or you experience in darkness. Those of us who think, well, I'm safe. I just have not made a decision yet. I'm just here on the fence. I have not decided. I got news for you. You in darkness. If you have not made a choice for Christ, if you're not experiencing the light of Christ today, if you're not sure of that today, I got news for you. You're not in the light. And Jesus says this, I am the light of the world. He spoke about, he says, he who follows me will not walk where? In the darkness, but will have the light of life. See, I'm not making this up. Jesus says he is the light. And if you have the sun, later on in the letters to John, he says, whoever has the sun, right, has light, Right? And, and, and he says, whoever believes in, in, in the Son has the Father and the light of God is in them. And so he, miss, he makes it clear, and, and Jesus is speaking about himself, that he, him being the light of the world, whoever follows him, whoever claims to be their follower, which is me and you, right? Amen? Anybody following Jesus this morning? Amen? Okay. <laughs> if you follow Jesus this morning... You will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then he says this in chapter 9. He says this, which is, and this is where I wrap up this morning. He says in verse chapter 9, verse 5, While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So, if Jesus is the light, amen? But here in chapter 9, he begins, and by the way, the, the book of John, and, and you read the book of John, and we don't have time to actually um, 
exegetically look at the whole book, but I'm going to point it out to you, and then you're going to go back home because I know this is what you do every time, right? When someone speaks here and they open the Word of God, you go back home and you want to prove, you want to really get it for yourself, and you go back and you spend the rest of the Sabbath afternoon just studying the Word of God, right? And then you spend the rest every morning just digging into it too, just to, because that's who you are, amen? Amen. All right. But in the book of John, Jesus begins the transition here. He says, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. He says, he is the light. We know that. But he's the light while he's here. And if you read the book of John, you realize that there's supposed to be a transition when he leaves. He's not going to leave us without light, right? But he's no longer in the world. He says, while I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world, right? But he says... And, and, and get this, what happens is that then you and I are supposed to take his place as the light of the world. Amen? You're like, what? <laughs> I didn't know that. Yes, you and I now have become, and, and again, let's look through the whole book of John. But um, as a matter of fact, the book of John finishes, and we're not going to go into details here, but just let me, let me wrap it up with you. Because Jesus is clear, He's, he begins to transition into, I am here, I am the light, but the truth, folks, is that I am going to my Father, and while I'm going to my Father, then you, his followers, are supposed to take his place. And through the Spirit of God, by the way, which in, chapter, in John, he goes into detail explaining that now... As he goes, the comforter comes to us. And that's how the light becomes part, part of your life. And we could go to, um, as a matter of fact, chapter 14 of John, right? Because Jesus says, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. My Father's house has many dwellings. But he says, if you had known me, you will have known my Father also. Actually, um, yep. Um, verse 16, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because he does not see him or know him. But you know him because you ab he abides with you and will be where? So listen, what happens in the book of John and what, what, what I'm getting at this morning, I think what the main, this is the main thrust of the book of John. Because John is saying, listen, now we know, by the way, when John writes the book, there's, Pretty much no survivor of people that have seen Jesus face to face. Everybody's dead. Every disciple. He's the last one alive. And so he needs to begin to write this book and write the gospel to people that will never see the face of Jesus face to face. Of the disciples. And he wants to make sure, and, and this is what God gives him as a task, that we understand that now you and I become, if we believe in Christ, and, and the Spirit of God is dwelling in us, which, by the way, is the one who's going to take the place of Christ, the helper, because he's gone to the Father, and he said that while he was here, he would be the light, but he's gone, right? And now the Spirit is sent, and the Spirit is dwelling in whom? In us. So if you, have you, Wonder why you have a hard time living your Christian life are your own strength? <laughs> why you can't do any better? Why you can't overcome those sins and you try so hard? Why you have the same character that you have maybe about 20 years ago and you're not any sweeter or any loving, any more loving than you were 20 years ago? Because the truth of the matter is that on your own, you're not going to be any better. And the honest truth is to be a Christian on our own is the hardest thing to do. But the Lord gave us the reality where he says, hey, I'm not leaving you alone. 
I'm gone. I am the light of the world. Now the Spirit of God is here. And now you and I, because He abides in us, become, by the way, He said it later on, you are the light of the world. Remember His words? And then He talks about that we are this light. And He begins to talk about the disciples' relationship to the world. Chapter 15. You, you follow along. I know you're going to go back home and you're going to go into this in so much detail. And you're going to come back and you're going to talk to me about it. And you're going to say, Pastor, wow. All the truth are you going to just uh, really uncover because of your diligence and just your, your, your fervent you know, study that you do. <laughs> no, I, I mean it. I mean it. Um, listen, folks. Look around. Our world is in darkness. And now they say Donald Trump is going to fix this whole mess. <laughs> How dark can it get? <laughs> Let me not go there. I mean, when our nation thinks that this arrogant guy sometimes is going to fix it all, and he really thinks he's going to fix it, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't want to brand anybody, but th I don't know. Um, beyond that, look at your homes. Look, look at the context of our families. Stuff that we actually experience that we know that we have no control. I mean, things that we really uh, are, 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 are faced with the darkness that, that surrounds us. And I hope that you, be, you understand or you begin to renew your, your sense of, of hope because we have not been left in darkness as followers of Jesus Christ. Amen. Even though the world's in darkness... The church of Christ, the fathers of Christ, are the light of this world. And so wherever you are, and this is why we're here in this place, we continue to be and to pray and to work together, to continue to be a beacon of light around us. And this is why you've given your life to Christ and you want to be a blessing to those around you because you want to be experiencing the light of Christ in your own life, in your own heart, so that you become, through the Holy Spirit, this beacon of light to those that, that will come in contact with you. And I want to tell you, especially during this season, when people's heart seems to be open to talk about Christ and what He means and who He is, I pray that you and I will take on seriously And in a very solemn, solemnly way, a solemn way, a solemn vow that, that we are the light of this world. That we need to make sure that the light dwells in our hearts, that we are drinking from that fountain. And in the book of John, he talks about, remember, the Samaritan women. And, and by the way, in chapter 8, yeah, let, let me point that out because uh, I know I said I was going to wrap it up, but I was just impressed with this. Remember chapter, uh, we spoke about chapter 8, right? But chapter 8, verse 12 that we read, it actually happens right after the adulterous woman uh, incident in chapter 8, verses 1 through, through, through 10, which gives us a lot of hope. Amen? Because actually Jesus' whole point to this woman is, listen, I'm gonna, you could experience my forgiveness, my light. And then he says, go and do it no more, and continue to walk in light. And then he speaks about that we are the light, and we begin to transition into that. Those who have experienced Christ in this redeeming way, if you've experienced what God has forgiven you, and we, you know that your past is forgotten, and that now you have a new creature in Christ. By the way, Paul abounds on this, right? Second Corinthians says, if anyone is in Christ, he's what? A new creature. 
a new creation. And everything is made new because you and I are supposed to be experiencing today. And my prayer to you is that as we face the season, especially even as we remember tonight and as we think of this coming 2016, that the light of Christ will be so bright, will shine so bright and clear in your heart and in your life and in your home in such a way that even in the midst of trials, in the midst of darkness, in the midst of things that you know you can't handle on your own, things that you know are over your control, you still will experience the light of Christ because you know that He's with you and He gives you hope and then you can bring hope to those who need it around you.